We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Mel Tucker's Inside Zone, the weekly podcast for the University of Colorado head football coach. I'm voice of the boss, Mark Johnson, along with the head coach. And, and Mel, I want you to introduce... Uh, now, we had Rick last week in the inaugural show, but you decided you wanted to go and grab one of the great players in Colorado history. I want you to introduce this guy. Yeah, well, um, Cordell Stewart has been uh, one of the guys that I've always looked to as really a role model, uh, not just for me, but for a lot of uh, young men and um, in college football and, and pro football and youth football. He's a uh, a great player out of New Orleans, uh, a great man who, when you look at his stats in college and pro, I mean he's one of the one of the all-time great uh, football players that not not only come out of New Orleans and come out of Colorado, but really, you know, the really playing in National Football League based upon everything that he could do. I got a chance to text back and forth with him when I first got the job, and then I was able to meet him um, in person, and I was just so impressed and so. Uh, Cordell Stewart is one of the the uh, all time greats, and I'm just happy to have him in, on here today. Cordell, how are you, guys? I tell you what, y'all gave me so much, man. I said, hey, you know what? I need to throw in a white towel, man. Just cancel everything. That was enough. <laughs> I need to end everything like that. That was so good. 
Hey, uh, now I'm doing great, guys. I appreciate you guys having me come on and congrats with the podcast. And uh, having Rick George on first is 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 a must. We know that. <laughs> uh, we don't have him on first. We don't have him on first. We may not have a second show. There you go. Uh, That's but, right. <laughs> but uh, but doing well, doing well. Uh, in a couple hours, uh, getting ready to go out and. My coach, my son is over at North Atlanta, and I'm the quarterback and receiver coach over there helping out with mm. the kids and just trying to help them have opportunities and, uh, to be better than what they can imagine, let alone have a chance to do something with it. So I enjoy hanging out with the youth and uh, being able to give back to the community in that fashion is, is, is in my wheelhouse. So I love doing it. And, of course, my son being out there makes life that much easier showing up every single day. So it, it's fun. Still still me doing what I love to do and seeing kids become great and give them as much as I can for the educational side of the game. Well, yeah, that's definitely God's work about there working with those young kids. I know you come out of uh, John Eric uh, High School in Marrero, Louisiana, and I just wonder what was the recruiting process like for you and um, what were the, the main factors in you deciding to come to see you? That's a good question because – Mel, the funny thing is, is if we had the social media platform as the kids do now, oh, my gosh. Right. I mean, I wouldn't change and go to another institution, but the process would have been so much easier. But luckily, we had a great coaching staff. Um, we had uh, Billy North as the head coach, Tom Levine, uh, who knew a many uh, a mini amount of, 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 of guys in, on a collegiate level right. uh, that was looking for great players. And the funny thing is, is when coming out, uh, Colorado had already grabbed uh, one of the best, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Louisiana, and that was in Vance Joseph. Right. Uh, yeah. He went to Archbishop Shaw, our arch rival. And uh, I remember playing against Vance, and we grew up together playing bitty basketball. Wow. Bitty basketball is like AAU. It's like AAU, but bitty basketball is in the southern part where you play with the yellow ball all the time. That's right. Uh, I don't know the significance behind it, but I, I knew it was a yellow basketball. But <laughs> uh, he was uh, he was the guy to look up to, and his brother Mickey Joseph, who was the quarterback at Nebraska. Yeah. Yep. And so I always looked up to him, and they would beat us all the time because they would get all the kids going to their school, and I just never thought that I would have a chance to be recruited by Colorado because Vance was there. But once I got recruited uh, because of Vance and a Corey Smith who went to St. Augustine, it allured them back into Louisiana. Sure. And the following year after grabbing Vance, they end up grabbing me and being hometown buddies. And my father worked with his father at Avondale Shipyard. And we, we knew each other's family and all that great stuff. It really made a – made the transition for me from that level. And, of course, it took hard work and dedication to get to that level. Uh, but uh, to have the schools, Florida State, Miami, Michigan, UCLA, Washington, Tulane, LSU, I mean, I could go on and on with a few, uh, Minnesota Gophers, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Um, wow. To have all those, you know, giving me an opportunity – uh, but to be able to pick Colorado, I thought at that time, considering how how much more access you have to kids now, it was unbelievable to to know that I had the opportunity to uh, have a chance to go to Colorado and have the success I had because the talent was was hard to find. But Coach Mack and Bob Simmons, 
Yeah. Um, you know, those guys did a phenomenal job of figuring it out and, 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 and gave me an opportunity, and I did nothing but have a tremendous amount of fun uh, taking advantage of it. Cordell, when I think of you as a quarterback, I think of you as a quarterback who could run, being a great athlete. Right? I don't think – maybe you were coming out of high school. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think of you as an option quarterback, which is what the Buffs were doing back in the day. So, with that being said – why come to Colorado then when the offense was, was maybe different than what your skill set, uh, as big as your skill set was? Well, I didn't figure out how big it was actually until I got to Colorado, to be honest, because mm. uh, it, it wasn't that I couldn't throw the ball because I, I had the big arm. Uh, I was capable of throwing it anywhere on the football field. But the thing that allured me to taking visits to Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Nebraska, and then Colorado was because of just that, the option. That's what we ran. We ran the eye set. Um, and we did a lot of sprint out work. Uh, we did a lot of play action off of the option, the beer option on the outside to the inside beer, you know, reading the three technique or the five technique to pitching off of the seven to the nine technique on the outside, taking up to the strong safety. And a guy of my size with the arm, it made our offense that much more potent right. to the point where we could do whatever we want to do. And then – once I got recruited by Colorado, Les Steckel mm. came and took fold, uh, and he came from the National Football League of being a head coach, I think, with the New England Patriots at a time when I think they lost to the Bears right. in that championship in New Orleans, I think, in the mid-'80s, uh, uh, to him mentioning to me that we were going from, as you saw, if Mark, if you remember, and even Coach Mel, if you remember, we played against Alabama in the, in the blockbuster bowl down in Florida, mm -hmm. we then went to the spread style offense. And that was Les Steckle mm -hmm. injecting his style into play to where it was something we were trying uh, once I got there my freshman year into that bowl game. And then all of a sudden we go into my sophomore year and I became a starter. I end up throwing a thousand yards to Michael Westbrook and a thousand yards to Charles Johnson. Wow. So it, it was my, it was kind of like my introduction to the passing game to that extent let alone my introduction to college football uh, on that level of uh, being a passer as opposed to what we've known quarterbacks to be in Colorado, which were option quarterbacks. Well, that's a fascinating story. Do you remember, Cordell, do you remember your um, your first visit to Boulder and what, what those thoughts were, what was going through your mind when you saw this place? And how was it to transition from uh, Louisiana to Boulder, which is – there's a there's – a, they're quite different places, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, Mel, we don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if there's any 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 tape uh, that you know you guys been allotted for all the shows combined, I would run all of that out. <laughs> you wouldn't have any more. Uh, um, I'll say this: when when having the opportunity to come on my recruiting trip. Um, I just remember flying in and being told that it was 18 degrees. Right? And, uh, my gear was not prepared, let's say that, psychologically what 18 degrees feel like. Now, mind you, I'm in New Orleans, all right? We're below sea level. So anything 40 degrees or a little bit cooler – you're wrapping up the pipes. You're putting aluminum foil on the windows. You know, you're, you're, you're duct taping the cracks on the doors so none of the air can see through or what have you. So, you know, I was, I was intimidated but excited. 
so as I get mm-hmm. there, you know, I come in at night, um, and I just remember I had my long johns under my sweatsuit on, <laughs> my hoodie, and my backpack with my with my Air Pegasus Nike joggers on. I had no boots. Trust me, no nothing. I was strictly athletic mode, <laughs> New Orleans style, uh, just ready to go take a visit because I was excited to do so. So get in. Matter of fact, Rick George. Rick George. Me up from the airport. Rick George picks me up from the airport. He was in his Bronco. At this time, it was a, I think it was a champagne and white Bronco. It wasn't all white, but you know it's a white Bronco. Anyway, right? um, we're driving, and we're driving down 36, and I just remember. Now, don't, don't laugh at me too loud. I just remember because I never saw mountains before. Now, mind you, it's nighttime. So as we're going down 36, I start seeing floating lights. <laughs> In the air as we get to the scenic view on the right hand side, as we get come as we get ready to come down the highest point of 36, coming into Boulder, and I'm thinking, you know, I see the stars. I know we're elevated a few thousand feet in the air, um, and I'm saying to myself, man, those are some low stars. <laughs> so, so I get to the point where I get to the point where I say, you know, to Rick, I say, bro, what is that? I'm like, the stars are that low? <laughs> and he goes, no, Cornell, those are houses in the mountains. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, you know, yeah, exactly. I say the same thing, just even telling that story for a second. Everybody mm, probably wow. thinks That's crazy. classic. But um, I'm like, you know, I get a chance to go to the Tony, Tony, Tony concert. Nice. Um, Vance Joseph and Corey Smith, my host, had a chance to go out and meet some guys at some restaurants and – you know, had a had a chance to stay at one of the hotels uh, right behind uh, Red Robin, mm-hmm. directly behind Red Robin. I can't think of the name of what it was then, but they gave me a room facing the mountains. And then when I opened, woke up that morning, I figured out what he was saying when he said there were houses inside, you know, <laughs> sitting in the mountains or what have you, because the mountains were sitting right there looking at me. And that visit, you know, was like a postcard at a at a convenience store on the on the racks. You know, it's yep. You see the snow caps on the mountains, and you're sitting here saying to yourself, it's no way possible this stuff is real. That's and, right. <laughs> you know, getting outside and seeing that 18 degrees in a dry climate um, wasn't nowhere near as cold as 30 degrees or 40 degrees in New Orleans with the wind blowing. Right. I was like, I loved it. And then, you know, I had a chance to meet Coach Mack and the manly man that he is and how honest he was. It was it was it was beyond me, man. I was you know I was I was screwed up after that, and so much so, um, I got on the I got on the flight and went back and had a dream and woke up and dialed one eight hundred Go Buffs was the number at the time, and uh, while I was waiting for my dad and baggage claim, I committed before I even got in the car wow. out of the airport when I got back home, and so you know it was to your second question, it's totally opposite. Yep. Of of, of uh, a community and, and a lifestyle, uh, you go from below sea level, dealing with snakes, alligators, possums, <laughs> you know everything that you can imagine. Uh, to now, all of a sudden, you got raccoons, deer, and if you go down seventy and get ready to go towards Aspen and Bill, you see the the buffalo off to the side. You know it, yep. that's a that's a totally different lifestyle, bro. That's and I'm right. Like, that's right. Daddy, I think I did it. I think I did it. I think I did it. <laughs> it's interesting that you that you say these things because people always ask me, Cordell, they say, How are you gonna get 
players here from places like New Orleans and Houston and in uh, Atlanta, and I say we just have to get them here. Once they get here and they yeah. see it, they're going to love the place. And and is and is they all say the same thing you just said. They say it doesn't look real. It looks like a postcard, and they're they're almost in shock a little bit. Like man, what's the catch? Yeah. And like there is no catch. This is a beautiful place. It's a great place, and we do get a lot of players that. You know, they reevaluate their entire recruiting process after they see us here live, you know? Yeah, and it's 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 uh it's surreal. I mean, even when I went back to school in two thousand and sixteen and you know, when you were in school, we all were in school, we had our as an athlete, we had our different routes that we walked, right? Right. Uh, that allowed us to get to class or study table or workouts on time. Well, at this time when I went back, you know, I was staying in a different place, I was off campus. Uh, parked in the parking structure right there next to the near the Champion Center. I would go up to Dell Washington and still go through my study table process and, and do my work. Uh, but the walk I had to class every day was totally different, which allowed me to get a different visual of the campus. Sure. And I was like, this is what I went to school with? Now, mind you, you know, I'm not into the the process of, you know, you go to middle school, high school, college. I've kind of went off into my own world, created my own life. You know, having a son, raising him full time to now all of a sudden I get to go back to be a kid again, so to speak. But yet I get a chance to live a lifestyle that I once was a part of to where now I'm more conscious of reality now. Right. To the point where I'm like, this is what I spent four years of my life in, at, around to the point where I was like, man, I was on vacation. I'm like, this was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, every day was sunny. You know, if it rained, the, the it dried up really, really quick. And as you alluded to a moment ago, Mel, i got to be honest. You know, at that time, you compound all of what we've talked about to a national championship. Right. And you're coming into that. Come mm. on, man. It's like, where else there? Where is there? You can't go anywhere else. No. If you no. go somewhere else, you, you know, it's, they, they've done something special. But no one else did nothing special other than me, them allowing me to, to get off the plane and see those floating stars in the mountains. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and allow me to see that to, to where I can recruit and I mean I can commit and and and, and uh, enjoy my life, man. Because it's it's really and truly been a a blessing to have been affiliated with that campus and everything about the magic that that city brings. Cordell, when when you look at your career and your skill set, and and Mel and I were talking before we we started recording the podcast, do you ever feel like you were ahead of your time? in terms of what you brought to the table, where football was then, where it is now, how you would fit in today's game? Do you ever feel like maybe you were ahead of your time, uh, talent-wise? Extremely ahead of my time. Here's, here's the thing I do know now, is quarterbacks that have, have that skill set and that much athletic ability, which I think most, I would say probably a third of the QBs in the game have a tremendous amount of mobility in comparison to when I came out. Um, you will not have to see a player quarterback change their position. Now, that was my choice my first year in Pittsburgh. For those who don't know, being in Pittsburgh, I had an opportunity. I got drafted as a 60th pick overall uh, as a quarterback to Pittsburgh and uh, got to a point in my first year where Neil O'Donnell was injured, Rod Woodson was injured, our very own Charles Johnson, the receiver, was injured, uh, there was a couple other. Andre Hastings, I think, from Georgia uh, was injured. Um, and then it got to the point where we just seemed like we were becoming depleted to where I think we were like two and four 
at the time. And uh, they gave me an opportunity when I asked, could I just help out just a little bit? Um, sure. Get ready to be a disguise or what have you. Could I help out? And uh, I told Coach, I asked Coach Cowher, I said, as long as you allow me to have an opportunity to compete for the quarterback job, I, I would love to be able to help out however you need me to. So my first couple snaps were at quarterback. One was against Jacksonville. It was third and 16, five wide receiver set. Neil O'Donnell was lined up to the left with Yancey Tickford, and the other three were three other receivers. And at this time, Mel, they wasn't spying on the mobile quarterback because there wasn't really any. Right, that's so right. Wasn't in the, they went straight cover two where they took the inside backer and skewed him over to the back. They took – uh, the wheel backer and slid him out a little bit wider and took, uh, however, they skewed him over to the three receivers and the middle field was wide open. I took over, got a 25 yard game first down. <laughs> and next week, right? You know, I'm sitting here saying to myself, if this is the way it goes, I'm, I'm in good hand. So, uh, <laughs> so that was my, that, that was my only play. And then we play against Cleveland. I get a snap three by one bunch formation, sprint out, do the little, you know, the sprint out, you know, quick throw to the flat. Uh, they overplayed it. I reverse field, throw it to Ernie Mills in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. And that's when the great and the late Myron Cope ended up giving me the nickname Slash. Wow. And so from there, that's when that was created. And then I got my chance to be a quarterback in 97. And no one knew, guys, how to really narrate that style of play from what they saw in the first couple of years, 95 and 96 to 97. Now I'm a full-time quarterback. And for me, coming from New Orleans, being so athletic, I'm like, you don't change that. You refine it. Sure. You allow it. You play to the strengths of the player. And you refine some of the things that he's struggling with to allow him to maintain being who he is. And then the rest is history. So in that first year with Chan Gailey, it was awesome. And to now get to the point where we are now in the game, to see where Russell Wilson is the highest-paid player in the National Football League. That's right. And he's the type of quarterback that he is with um, – who is it, Jackson, that they have in Baltimore? Lamar. Um, what's the, yeah, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Jackson to even – no one talks about it enough, but Aaron Rodgers, he's another one. That's right. Uh, that's an extremely mobile quarterback because his throws are more effective – with him running outside the pocket than it is in the pocket. Um, you look at uh, Andrew Luck in the game. Even though he came from Stanford, think about how he played the game when he was at Stanford. He had a running game. They did play action pass. They right. did quarterback draws and sprint outs. It wasn't really what we see now and what he does, which is drop back and throw it all day. But the reason the injuries came along was because he ran so effectively. Sure. Michael Vick. I mean, so the evolution of the game – Across the board, defensive linemen are much leaner. They're much faster. Linebackers are almost like strong safeties. Cornerbacks are whether they're taller or shorter, but they're much quicker. You know, and now all of a sudden you get to the point where you say, do we want this stationary guy in the pocket that can't move? And the answer for most now is becoming no. Right. So, yeah, to answer your question, uh, Mark, yes, I am I am way ahead of my time, but it's 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 justified in a way – where because now we have gurus, is what I sarcastically call them, uh, <laughs> they now know how to cover. They now know how to cover the mobile quarterbacks now. Uh, so you know to see it evolve the way it has, the way it has, it's it's really a pleasure now for me 
for justif- justifiable reasons uh, to see it be the way it is. And, and, and I think the game is now becoming just what it once was, in my opinion, the more you start watching him and going through the recruiting process to then going through the scouting process in the National Football League and, and not changing the guys who are great and why you draft them so early, like a, um, what's the kid, Kyler Murray. I mean, 5'10", hello? Exactly. You, you think you ever would have grabbed a one for number one pick overall at 5'10", mobile quarterback? Not in the history of the game. Number so one overall. direction is going in. That, yeah, and, it, and it's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see. So it, it, I was before my time, but you know what? It's like anything else, man. It's always going to be, some in some cases, uh, a first or a pioneer, and there were many before me that, that played my style, but mine was a little bit more extreme because I did play receiver, and I played it so well and then went back to quarterback and did that well too. Uh, it's kind of hard to really put something on how do you really gauge what that is. And all you can say is, and the name that Myron Cole gave me, don't change it. Just call it what it is, Flash. It. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is great stuff. I just got one last question for you, man, because I look back on, on uh, you know, what the University of Wisconsin meant to me and the opportunity I had to go there and play and graduate. I know you finished up in 2016. You graduated. What has it meant uh, for you as a man in your life to have been able to come to uh, Colorado have that experience and lay that foundation for the rest of your life? Oh, my God, man. Uh, having a chance to meet you, and, of course, I have my, my son and one of my uh, one of the other players. His dad was uh, willing to, to fly his kid out and come see all that good stuff, and he, he talks to me almost every other day now because of the things that I'm about to talk about, and I'm sure what you say about Wisconsin, which is how beautiful it is. And, you know, any time that you can go back – to an institution and feel the same way you felt when you first saw it, 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 it's something that's meant to you. And to have your kid, you know, Mark, you know about this, going back to the Hall of Fame uh, enshrinement there. um, I think what month was it, Mark? Was it the end of last year or the beginning of this year? That that was uh, towards Uh, the middle of the season last year, yeah. It was the middle of the season, yeah. And, yeah, yes, it was. I think we played Washington State that week. That's That's right. right. Yep. and uh, having a chance to see that and giving my son a chance to see it, his mom saw it before, and my dad saw it, and my brother saw it. So it's kind of enriched into our family from a standpoint of uh, an institution or, or something that no one else had a chance to see. So, yeah. you know, to go back and see it, it still gives me that same chill, that same feeling, not wanting to leave to go back to reality, um, which is here back at home. Um, it, it, it's, it's a place I'll forever have and entrenched in my, my blood and my heart and, and everybody back there. Uh, both you guys, uh, Mel, congrats on getting a job. Thank you. Uh, it's well appreciated. Trust me uh, when I say it because I got to be honest with you. Um, when I get with the coaching staff, there's a tremendous amount of Georgia Bull, Bulldog fans in there. That's, <laughs> 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 That's right. <laughs> Nine coaches we have in there, and they talked about Colorado so bad. I'm in there fighting by myself because uh, <laughs> everybody else is either Florida State, uh, Georgia Tech, Southeast Louisiana. Uh, coach Gaynor, who's the head coach, he went to Georgia. I mean, it's just, it's just Florida, all that stuff, all the Southeastern stuff. So I said, you know what? 
we have the best thing that ever happened to Georgia over the last few years at the University of Colorado as the head coach. You guys won't win a game in Georgia for the next two to three years. It's done. We're getting all those victories. So I, talk, so I, talk, I talk so much trash because they can't they can't go against you, man, because they know how good you had the defense here in Georgia. They know it. So if they say something against you, that means that was all sucker talk. When, when you were here in Georgia, you can't go against you. Now it's Colorado, so they got to say we're going to get a minimum of six to seven wins. I say, you know what? I'll take that coming from you guys that won't win a single game for the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Unbelievable. You, you know what? He he's the uh, Cordell Stewart is not only one of the great players in Colorado history, but he's one of the great recruiters and PR people for the Buffaloes all over the country. <laughs> there's no there's no doubt about that. I can't. I can't help it, guys. I can't help it. It's, it's, it's entrenched in my blood. Coach back. he created it, and uh, God bless him, man, and love him to death. And uh, when you guys, I know you'll probably have him on at some point in time, but we know where he is and how he's doing. And uh, I hope we all just keep our prayers with him, uh, keep him safe and, and, and comfortable. So as he moves forward with what he's doing and what he has going on, he can he can be that light and shining armor to our institution like he's always been. And now the torch has been passed past you. Mm. You have my boat, and uh, you have all my well wishes to, to bring. It doesn't have to happen in a year. It doesn't happen in two years or even three. Uh, but because you are relentless, I know it's going to happen soon. So I'm excited for you uh, ahead of time and just know that uh, you have all of my well wishes, brother, and, and good luck with everything. I appreciate that, man, and, and it means a lot to me. And I will not let you down. I can promise you that. Cordell, always great to catch up with you. Next time you're in town, make sure you let us know. We want to see you and then get you up in the in the radio booth. But uh, we appreciate you being on today. Hey, anytime, fellas. I appreciate you both. The great Cordell Stewart. That was a great idea having him on. He is he is an amazing, amazing man. And could, by the way, talk like crazy too. Always great commentary. Yeah, I'll tell you what. When I got a chance to meet him in person, I was so impressed with him. And uh, he's, you know, his his personality is just infectious, and he's just he's just one of, he's just one of the all time greats, and and um, I'm proud that he's above. Yep, without question. The great Cordell Stewart joining us this week as we put a wrap on Mel Tucker's Inside Zone for Mel Tucker on Voice of the Bus, Mark Johnson. We'll talk to you next week.